for addressing this issue in the coming five years. We are prepared for this. And of course, if people want to learn more, uh, they can go to the uh, city website, the EAB website, and, and, and look at the options. The canopy of a city, the urban forest, is critical. It's critical not just in terms of the appearance of the city, but it's critical in terms of the health of the city. It's critical in terms of keeping our community cooler during the summer, providing habitat, and we are determined in the coming years to address this, this problem and the challenges that we face in regards to the Emerald Ash Borer. Uh, you'll notice that there are people from a number of governmental agencies and communities here, which reflects the teamwork and collaboration we expect to find in the coming months and years as we deal with this challenge. And uh, with that, I'd like to introduce our superintendent of parks here in Madison, Kevin Brisky, who will give more details on how we're going to respond to the challenge. Thank you, Mayor. And as uh, the mayor indicated, we have a, a number of friends here with us today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we have a task force. It's been a multidisciplinary task force that's been working on this very day, if you will, uh, since 2007, 2008. And I just want to recognize the members of our task force um, that are here with us today. If you guys can kind of give us a wave um, from budget and finance to fleet to streets. Uh, to our forestry crew, to our park operations crew, uh, a really talented group of people uh, focusing in on this problem so that we are prepared. And I'm here to report that uh, we're very comfortable in our preparation and we're very confident in our response. I do want to recognize as well uh, our partners, our friends, uh, Dane County uh, Parks is represented here as well. Thanks, Darren, for being here and our friends with the state. This is a, a, an issue that we have to manage collaboratively, and it's important that we do so. So we communicate and we collaborate uh, to resolve this issue that we have with us with EAB being here in Madison. So we appreciate all the efforts of the task force. And as the mayor mentioned, the city support. Uh, we have, uh, based on our plan, we put a funding plan in place, which is in our capital improvements program budget, that's so very important to address this issue. So as we move forward, I think the, the next logical questions are, now what? What are we doing now? So we want to talk about uh, the issue before us and the specifics in the plan. As the mayor mentioned, our plan is on our website, and we do reference all of you to use that website. There's really significant and great information in there that will help you navigate uh, the issue as a homeowner and the process that we'll go through as a, a city team. The city of Madison has an estimated 21,000 publicly owned street terraced ash trees. We've got a significant amount of ash trees in our parks, uh, thousands more on public property. In the Warner Park area, and that's where we have found EAB, um, and it is confirmed that we have well, we have well over 2,600 
publicly owned ash trees in this particular area, from the parks to the terrace trees. So it's a significant number. So as we move forward, uh, to summarize some of the highlights in our plan, again, which is on our website. Uh, the city's plan for publicly trees, uh, to manage public trees, is based on our EAB uh, approved plan, which the mayor mentioned, went through uh, a process with the, the city council, uh, with city staff, and approved two years ago with modifications this year. So Madison Park's forestry will continue to do branch sampling in the Warner Park area to find really that kind of that zone, that epicenter of the infestation. I, now I do want to highlight, we have been doing branch sampling for the last two years. It's been our proactive, preemptive program to target it before we find ourselves in a situation like this, where it's, you know, honest, we wanted to try to get it early, but it's been here. So we continue to do our branch sampling. I do want to ask, as we're in the winter season, and a notice to our residents, as you drive up to areas, our city crews, our forestry crews, will be on the terraces working on city terrace trees. And with the snow and the accumulation of snow on the sidewalks and the streets and in the terraces, uh, we ask you to slow down a little bit. Uh, our city forestry staff, quality, dedicated staff, uh, professional to, to the rank, and we want to make sure as they're doing that work in the terrace under winter conditions that uh, we put a notice out there to our residents that we, we slow down a little bit. So there's going to be an evidence of us doing branch sampling. And then in addition to that, over the winter, uh, we will start removing trees. We'll start removing ash trees. So, so forestry staff will remove publicly owned ash trees, street and park trees that are in poor condition and that are located and also that are also located under power lines. That's pursuant to and pursuant to the plan that we've identified uh, as the task force has developed. So we'll be removing trees. We'll be continuing to do branch sampling. In the spring, and there will be spring at some point, uh, in the spring, we will implement a chemical treatment program for trees that are in healthy condition and over 10 inches in diameter. The city will use an injection treatment treatments versus a soil drenching uh, to ensure the protection of groundwater and surface water quality. That's a decision that the task force studied long and hard and spent significant amount of time researching what other communities, what other states are doing in this particular area. So a great deal of time reviewing and managing the, resource, the research. Madison Parks Forestry will provide an adopt-a-tree program for private citizens to help save, at their own expense, a publicly owned ash tree that's in the Madison Parks. So we're going to set up an adopt-a-tree program because we know as Madison we are invested in our uh, ecology, we're invested in our trees. And we know as it is invoking upon us, it invokes an emotional response. So we want our citizens to be part of that and we'll create an adopt-a-tree program. Uh, the details of this program will be provided later as we move forward in the winter, as we identify the particular areas that we have. 
Uh, and again, as treatment does not start until the spring. As I mentioned, Madison Parks will continue to uh, branch sampling in all areas of, this, of, of the city uh, to look for any other infest, infestation locations. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we've been doing this for two years in the spring, the last two springs, and as the map indicates far to my right, the locations in the quadrants, uh, the grids that we have been doing our branch sampling over the last two, two, two springs. So again, a, pre a preemptive um, response to managing this type of issue. So we'll continue the, to do that. Going forward, Madison Parks Forestry will replant. It's part of our plan, it's in our plan, to replant publicly owned trees in most locations. Uh, again, if people would like to help support this undertaking, we will be partnering with our Madison Parks Foundation in establishing a fund to replace trees. The Madison Parks Foundation has established this as well, this is one of their core fundraising opportunities. So thanks to the Madison Parks Foundation, Madeline Leopold's here with us today. We appreciate you being here and on the Park Commission. Uh, the Park Foundation will step up and establish a fund uh, to transplant and replant, if you will, trees uh, that, are, that are, are part of this overall program. And again, uh, moving forward, I, I do reference you, and we do have our press releases that are out that have the website with a significant amount of, of, of information, and then also, more specifically about how to give, how to give through the Madison Parks Foundation for this specific opportunity to give. I'm gonna invite uh, Christopher Deegan uh, with uh, the state to talk about quarantine, that next, that next level of what happens when we have uh, EAB in our community. Chris? Thank you, Governor. Uh, good morning, my name is Christopher Deegan. I'm with the Plant Industry Bureau with the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Prote Protection. Um, our agency is responsible for uh, control and survey of plant pests and diseases that may impact uh, agriculture in Wisconsin. And to that end, we're also responsible for administering quarantines of plant pests, in this case, the quarantine uh, of Dane County for emerald ash borer. Um, quarantines are put in place to protect the natural resource. Um, approximately 80% of Wisconsin's natural ash forests still remain in uninfested counties, mostly in the north. Uh, a quarantine of Dane County will help prevent the spread of emerald ash borer to that natural resource, and it's our goal by implementing a quarantine that we can delay the spread of emerald ash borer to any uninfested uh, counties of the state. Um, a quarantine does have uh, effects on local businesses and communities and landowners. Um, my agency has dealt with uh, the Emerald Ash Borer Quarantine in Wisconsin since uh, it was first found here in 2008. Um, we have a, a good track record of working with industry, of private landowners, of anybody who deals with ash regulate, regulated resources uh, to help them, um, uh, to help them with their supply uh, in, in the chain of commerce. Um, at the same time, protecting our resource uh, from additional infestations. Um, more information on, on quarantines and the regulatory protocols that will be in place are on the emeraldashbor.wi.gov website. Um, my contact information is also available, and you're welcome to call me and my, or my staff uh, if you have any questions about the quarantine. Thank you.
Thanks, Christopher. So we've talked about the plan. Uh, we've talked about the process, uh, the city plan and the city process. Um, as, a, as a resident of Madison, which I am, uh, we have, and as I mentioned earlier, we have you know, thousands of ash trees um, that are on our privately held properties in our community. And as a resource guide, we want to help. Uh, our partners with the state, Dane County, the city of Madison, forestry, we want to help. We want to provide some guidance in that particular area. So as part of our press release, too, we want to talk about uh, what homeowners can do uh, uh, to manage uh, their privately owned trees. Uh, first and foremost, as I've mentioned a couple of times here today, uh, our website. Uh, uh, we have a, you know, just a really quality website with significant information that has brought forward research and information um, from our state and from other communities that have gone through this particular issue. And what we did, we put together a toolkit. Uh, so there's information about uh, a toolkit of what a, a homeowner can do on our website. Um, and as Christopher mentioned as well, the state website with Emerald Ashbor through the state website. And that is listed on our pre press release and also on our website. So check those websites out. Significant information, really quality information to help you understand what we have and how to manage. Secondly, and we have some examples here uh, today, as also it's been part of our education piece over the last couple of years, uh, keep a close watch out. Um, look at your trees. Uh, identify your tree to be ash. Uh, understand uh, what are the typical signs for uh, EAB infestation. It's a thinning of the canopy, a gradual thinning of the canopy. Uh, D-shaped holes. Uh, in the bark, uh, new branches sprouting up low on the trunk, some cracked bark, uh, and, and you know, as the ecology woodpeckers uh, will seek this out and is find it as a food source. So you might find some woodpeckers as a source pulling into the bark to get you know, the in insect larvae uh, beneath, the, beneath the wood. So those are some telltale signs and again, we have some uh, samples here for you to, to kind of see and educate yourself uh, on those, uh, those telltale signs. And additionally, um, you know, call a certified arborist. Um, you know, this profession is trained, uh, is committed to the field, and can help in those particular areas in helping identify what is and what isn't. So don't hesitate to reach out to a, a certified arborist. And as the city has gone through its research with regard to treatment, uh, we asked if you're considering a preemptive, uh, preventive treatment, uh, chemical treatment, uh, the city of Madison in encourages that you seek injection. It's the method that we have selected. Um, again, it's through much research um, and finding out what other communities have gone through in this particular issue. I mean, that's what we're um, encouraging to use and what we're going to use in our, in our, in our treatment. Uh, and there's some, there's some other issues related to the other methodology, which is a soil drenching as it relates to uh, uh, groundwater issues, soil and groundwater issues. So uh, we, we do encourage uh, the injection model. 
So as uh, Madison officials continue to work on the EAB infestation, we will continue to keep our residents, our citizens informed, uh, and we will communicate any changes or new discoveries. Um, again, please don't hesitate to, to visit the City of Madison, uh, Madison Park's forestry website. Uh, we will communicate through there and we'll also communicate as we do through the media and our, our press releases and our communications. Uh, we appreciate everybody's interest. I mean, the mayor mentioned a lot of people here. I mean, it, it shows there's a commitment. We appreciate you coming out. Um, uh, we, as, as the mayor mentioned, and I, I, I said earlier, you know, we've been studying this in 2007, 2008, with a, just a, a quality group of people that are committed to our urban forest. Um, has spent time in studying and reviewing this to being a prepared state. Uh, in as much, we've had preemptive removals for the last couple of, tr couple of years, and funding uh, with Mayor Soglin's support and the Common Council's support uh, for us to be proactively, preempt preemptively managing this. As EAB is here now, we will continue to manage in the same vigor and same support uh, to, uh, to manage this particular issue. So we thank you for your interest. Again, we have some samples here. Uh, we have staff here that will also help to provide some education and some training if need. And also, if there's any questions, happy to try to tackle those questions. Guys? Right, we said about 10% of our, our canopy will come down based on our research, about 10%. Where in Warner Park was it discovered? In the Warner Park area, so in this close proximity to this, this park. Very close to here. I mean, we have found the insect inside the park and then outside the park in real close proximity. Are you keeping that secret for three years? Well, we... We're, we're, managing, we're managing that particular issue. Uh, it's important to us that, we, that our staff are able to move in and manage the particular issue uh, and manage the instinct, uh, the, the, the bug, if you will, uh, the EAB, and manage that specifically. So it's in this particular area. Kevin, um, two questions. One is, do you know what the price of or the cost would be for a, a and secondly, um, because it's a water park area, where we have a density of trees. Now, I mean, as I read the original plan, we were really going to focus more on these terrace trees rather than the parks. But because it's here, the density will be an effort, a strong effort within the park to try to eliminate it and focus on that now. Oh, most definitely. I mean, there's been an effort on the, t uh, the terrace trees, uh, and, and we, we've had to keep, we've kept a mind's eye and, you know, a certain review eye on our park and our park locations. First question, uh, how can you give? And it is on our website with the Madison Parks Foundation. The amount of money, we'll take a dollar, 
uh, we've identified uh, giving locations to up about $300 for replacement of a tree. So to answer that first question about giving, you know, we'll take that as an opportunity to give. Well, we continue to manage those costs. Uh, we do have budgets uh, in our operating side for our staff and our current staffing levels to manage those particulars within our budget. We also have funding within our capital, uh, capital improvements program budget, which we, we will use for equipment, uh, staffing, and then also treatment, and then also replacement of trees. I don't. I mean, there's multiple layers of, of, of funding um, that are in those particular. In terms of the capital budget, uh, projections. Um, we're looking at perhaps three to four million dollars over the next five years. I can't say it'll handle everything, but that's uh, what our estimate is at this point. And, and by the way, that does not include um, what would be the cost for private property owners for their own trees but four to five million in terms of the street trees and the trees in the public parks. That's what we've projected within our, our plan uh, for the next four to five years. So as we learn more and we manage more, we'll have finer numbers in relationship to the budget. How does this compare with the Dutch Elm disease problem we had about 50 years ago? Is it worse you want to change that? It's all, it's all having, having gone through Dutch Elm, um, it's, it's probably going to be as bad. Um, there's a couple of differences. The Dutch Elms that came down, putting aside adjusting for inflation and everything, the Dutch Elm disease, the Dutch Elm trees um, that came down were much larger and more substantial, more costly to remove. On the other hand, we're going to be spending a good deal of money with the ash trees trying to save a significant number. And that's going to be a cost, and it will be a reoccurring annual cost for the natural life of the tree. Yeah, I, I think that's a great add. Uh, you know, the difference is they're all bad. I mean, these are treasured assets of our community um, from the elm to the now of the ash. Um, there, with science and science moving forward, there is a treatment methodology um, that can be used on our ash trees. So, and then there's a cost with that, as Mayor indicates. So I think there's the difference. It's all bad when you're losing a, a great resource like that in our trees. But uh, with today's technology and science, there is some resource to help treat. Is there something you advise private homeowners if you have an ash tree in your property? Do you go to the expense? Well, we, again, we ask uh, residents to go or citizens to go to our website. It will be a decision that uh, a, a resident is going to, a citizen is going to have to make. Uh, there's an annual commitment, an annual cost, um, but there's an annual, there's a, there's a, an emotional attachment of, of a tree in your property. Um, so residents are going to have to go through that decision queue. Uh, we're moving forward uh, in our decision queue that we're going we're to try to chemically treat those trees and save them. 
uh, it's a tough decision for a, from a homeowner going through what those costs might be. We ask you to plug in with a certified arborist um, to you know seek um, the, you know to seek professional advice uh, with regard to removal and the condition and the health of that particular tree uh, on your property. Uh, but it, it, those are going to be those are going to be tough decisions. We know, and that's why we're providing a toolkit and information on our website to try to help. I want to mention one more thing now that the subject came up. One of the most traumatic things that can happen for anyone is to leave for work in the morning, come home in the evening and find the tree and the terrace gone. We are going to continue to try and give advance notice uh, whenever possible pursuant to, to city policy. But people have to understand that as we are uh, working a particular area, if we find another infected tree that is not worth saving while we are there, that, that tree ought to come down uh, because you know, we do have limited resources for this. But, but people, if they've got ash trees out in their terrace, have to be cognizant of the fact that while we'll do our best, we can't always guarantee uh, that advanced notification. Thanks, Mary. Yes? Um, the take down trees, do you incinerate them? And how do you prevent contamination by moving the wood around that you're taking down contaminated trees? Well, we'll manage under the guidelines. Uh, set by the state in these particular issues. So we'll manage them in the areas and we'll manage them with our, our street teams uh, as pursuant as part of our plan. So um, um, ultimately, you know, we'll manage them and ship them up. That's part of our overall process. And any reuse of those chips would have to be certified by the state that they could be reused, right? So any reuse of the chips would um, would have to be certified that they're okay to be reused. And we have reused those, pre, pre, um, I think, proactively uh, in our, our playground structure, our playground safety materials now. So uh, you know, there's an opportunity for a tree to kind of go full circle and do, into a terrace tree, into a park um, safety surfacing. Again, once certified from the, from the state that EAB is not presence on the reuse of the chips. Can you give us a ballpark figure as to what it would cost either a homeowner or a doctor tree or the city per tree per year to as a prophylactic measure to help save the tree? Well, for us, that's a little premature. I mean, our, our cost estimates right now for treatment based on the size of the tree um, are about $15 per inch. My, my, I'm looking over at our team that has the technical response. Yeah, so it's a safe estimate based on per inch, $15 per inch is, is based on some of the numbers that we've seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, per inch, what inch should you need? Diana. Well, we appreciate everybody's time. Uh, we, we so appreciate um, your interest and the support on this issue. Um, I once again want to recognize our, our task force that has been working so diligently on this over the last six years. Um, you know, we've got a real professional team approach. Uh, we've got support of our county friends, our state friends, and collaboratively, I think we'll manage this issue to the best, best that we can. We, have we, we literally have researched throughout the country on best management practices. 
And that's, that really goes to the effort of our team here. We, we know and we have seen, and it's into our report, best management practice on what's successful and what's not. I encourage you to step up and look at some of the examples that we have here today. And again, we appreciate your issue, your, your interest. The actual villain, correct? This, this one branch? It, it is. Yeah. <laughs>